the HVAC field is starving for young, eager techs. This is the most exciting and challenging field to be in. Come on a journey to find out what you really need to get started from a veteran and company owner who has trained many successful techs. Welcome to Ability Man's HVAC Tool Belt. John with Ability Man's HVAC Tool Belt here, wishing you a good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I had a bit of a rough week in the attics this week, so it's nice to be here in my office making this podcast. This is my third episode, and we've been enjoying this. It's satisfying to get this information out of my head and disseminated. I do believe this is an awesome field to be in. It's rewarding and vital. If I had a larger listening audience, I'd really get myself into some trouble today. This is a debate that is older than I am, but I feel at this time the scales have been tilting in the other direction. I'm talking about basically flat rate versus hourly. Today I have with me a last-minute guest, Peter Gonzalez. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Peter was my first employee here in Florida, and he stuck with me, like, as a friend. Absolutely. Through these years, so I must not be that bad of a guy. <laughs> Although, if you knew Peter, you'd understand. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> All right, Peter, so... You're my first guest. I mean, it's only episode three, so it's not like I had like a bunch of episodes. That's fine. But bro. episode three, my first guest. First guest, first employee. First, first guest, go. first employee. I actually did not put that one together. There you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going to get into this, all right? All right. So there are... Just about as many ways of paying as there are HVAC companies. I mean, would you agree you've worked for how many air conditioning companies have you worked for? I've probably worked right now. You, I left here and went to ARS. And then after ARS, I went to Caldico. And then Blair's. And then back to Caldico. So we'll just <laughs> say, you know, four. All right, four. Four now. All right. Um, so that's good. So you have seen being paid hourly and you've seen being paid piecework or flat rate, depending on, see, there's like different terms, same thing, right? Yeah. Piece rate, flat rate. Um, and when you work for me, I paid you hourly, hourly. right? It was hourly. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's easier to keep track. Of hourly, right? Yeah. I think with piece rate, it's like a 50-50. Yeah. Because you can manipulate numbers better on piece rate, apparently. But there's more (laughs) to piece rate than just... When I was an auto mechanic, it was like, the better storyteller you were, the more money you made. Okay. (laughs) No, that's good. good. (laughs) It's all in the presentation, you know? Yeah, yeah. Definitely in the presentation. Um, you know, with you, you were like a single person and then I went to ARS, they're national. So it kind of felt, you know, more corporate. Yeah. I'm familiar with ARS's pay structure. Yeah. It's garbage. Like they used to have, um, 
I think they're an Airtime 500 company. Yeah. So they went, they even changed up a few times over the years, but they used to be more of like a piece rate. And then it kind of moved over to like, like sections. It was like, if you did this thing and so many operations were in that one thing and you got paid X amount of dollars, it wasn't even. Yeah. They wanted you to like, I, I remember specifically one job that I was just like, bro, it was basically a duck job. And I was, I, it was, the structure was terrible, but he was like, oh, well, uh, I felt like I was getting a little low and I was like, well, what's going on? And the guy told me, oh, well, that's because you didn't, you know, you have to say that you put a supply box together and then you put a new collar on it and then you put a zip tie. And if you don't add all that up, you won't get what you're supposed to. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. like it. I was like, bro, that was probably about the end of it for there. I think I yeah. stood there like a year. I like to keep it simple. Yeah. You know, it makes it easier to understand. And then there's a lot fewer misunderstandings. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So you had a bad taste in your mouth from that experience. Um, and then the hourly is easier to keep track of. Right. So remind me again, what was, when you came to work for me, did you go to school or you just no. like came to me and said, Hey, I want to get into this. I, I literally woke up. And was like, I'm going to give AC a shot. Right. And the only reason why I I think that way is because, you know, well, I, I, I'm pretty gifted in other things, too. You know, I build computers. I can put a car together. So I was like, you know, this, this shouldn't be anything. This should be easy. Well, I remember I, I kind of gravitate towards if I'm going to hire somebody who hasn't been in the field before to hire somebody who's familiar with auto mechanics, specifically people who are... Uh, experience in wiring or electronics and you had both of those because you had auto mechanics you're self-taught working on cars like race cars yes absolutely (laughs) and then also computers so i thought i saw those as both pluses even though you hadn't been in the field and here you are how many years have you been doing this like seven yeah right that's pretty good yeah it's been pretty long yeah and uh you got your EPA card, right? Like, I well, never, I still haven't gotten it. Dill doesn't wow. have his EPA card. No, because like, <laughs> so like, since I've been in this field, even though I'm well aware of like side jobs and all this other stuff, like, so when I got into HVAC, you know, I, I want to, I wanted to be able to at least master it before I start doing anything stupid and possibly going into somebody else's house. Like, I don't want to wing it. Right. You know, which is why I probably stayed a helper for a long time because I didn't, you know, plus the responsibility and all that mess. But yeah. um, until I was confident where I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter at this point. You know, now I'm now I'm going to start pushing towards, you know, getting it. And, and you know, well, I, I possibly can, with your help. I mean, you were trying can, to get it for I can me. Help, I can help you yeah, with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, uh, it is inc- you're a freaking genius. It dude. is entirely too easy to get your EPA card. I'm sure. I'm sure, bro. <laughs> I'm sure. But, so this um, goes with my last podcast, which is, do you need to go to school? Yeah. So well, P- Peter even broke even yet another yeah. rule, which is apparently you don't even need your EPA card. False. Go get your EPA card. <laughs> don't fly by the seat of your pants like Peter because... <laughs> I like to live wild. He's a bandit. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bandit. if you saw this guy, you'd understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All yeah. right. All right.
I wish I was would have been here for the for the school thing because, you know, I just trained my first helper from school and I could have given you amazing bit of information, which you know we'll save it for another day. You know, <laughs> is coming he, out of so school. So Peter, so Peter went did not go to school. Nope. Has not got his EPA card. Nope. And taught a guy how to do air conditioning. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, you're going to get me into big trouble here, Peter. <laughs> I'm a renegade, dude. I already know it. I, I don't necessarily advocate the the school, these local schools here. That, you know, guys come out. I mean, the, my, you got to listen to my last podcast. It's I'm all going, about no, I'm, I got you. It's a, yeah, it's a thing. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about <clears throat> how I came to enjoy piecework. So I came from auto mechanics. I was actually a Ford mechanic. I worked at Ford. So I was very familiar with piecework. Um, I didn't. And and then I got out of that and I went to go into air conditioning via evaporative cooling. So, but I was still working hourly. And at the time I didn't really see how my last pay structure in auto mechanics would dovetail into doing air conditioning. Like I hadn't had that light go on yet and I hadn't worked for any other companies other than the one I was actually developing at the time. So then, uh, I started by actually, it wasn't even an air conditioning job. It was a power washing gig that we had picked up on the side for a big commercial building. Like I said, Hey, you guys want to power wash this roof for us? It was, it was like winter time. So it wasn't super busy. And so I figured out I knew how much the guy was getting, my boss, the company owner, I knew how much he was getting paid for the job to do the roof. And I said, hey, I will do the power washing on a Saturday and I'll get it done and pay me X amount of do- X amount of cents per square foot. And he kind of did a real quick calculation in his head and he was like, oh, okay, that sounds good. So when I finished the job, I mean, I finished like, I figured out how to do this job a lot quicker than we were actually doing it. So I jammed through, got it all done, great product. And I remember my boss looking at me and saying, wow, that's that's a lot of money. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I had figured out how long it was actually going to take me. Right. And so from that point, I was just hooked. Okay. Because I am a smart guy, and I can actually figure out a quicker way how to do something and with a better product like it'll look better it's faster i've seen guys spend like two hours on a fan motor if it takes me more than 20 minutes i'm very upset (laughs) (laughs) i mean maybe maybe not like a commercial fan motor okay that takes longer but as a company owner i pay i don't even pay hourly or piece rate i call it units so I would pay you two units to do a fan motor, which I'm assuming is going to take about two hours, which if it does, that must mean you have all the wrong data. Right. <laughs> You're doing it completely wrong, and at the end of it, it's running, but it did take you two hours. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? No, I so I figure, how long would it take like the average homeowner to do it, and that's <laughs> how much I pay my guys to do the job. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a very generous way of, of it doing is. things. It yeah, is. no, that's good. But I want it to benefit everybody. Yeah, know? that's the benefit. But then there's a lot of companies who are just not on that same end. Like I like my guys to survive and do well in life, not necessarily 
If you show up and you have money problems, guess what? You're probably not going to do a very good job because you're just stressed about money all the time. Stressed yeah. people do not do good work. Very, very good info. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. So, again, this podcast is geared towards people trying to get into the field and know information before they get into the field. Right? So, hey, we're going to take you from, I am interested in doing air conditioning because I hear that it's a growing field, that it's stable, that we're always going to need people to work on air conditioners to the data they need to know before they even start on that journey to how to get the proper education to getting into a job, what kind of tools to get, how to set up a tool bag, how to set up a van, like all that stuff. So, I want people to understand the different types of pay, right? So you have the one place that you worked at, which was a very piecework, and this is like piecework to the nth degree. I mean, that's crazy. Like, okay, well, you get so much for putting on that zip tie. So you're installing a duct. So it's like, you know, this much per duct, this much per zip tie. That isn't, that's psychotic. I mean... That is just setting people up for failure. That Basically, they're like, well, if you forget this and this and this, we make more money. Absolutely. So we'll make it complicated so that us as a company make more money at, at your sacrifice. So if you're not smart enough and with it enough, right. like you're just not making enough. And that's just a bad Absolutely. situation. Absolutely. You're right. That's so breaking then, it down. Yeah. So then you have the commission base, which is... The one that I like, it's more for technicians. Uh, installers don't generally get commission-based. And Peter here, he's an installer. He's not uh, a tech. No. Well, I mean, I'm a tech now. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I mean, I already kind of understand. By necessity. Yeah, by necessity. But it's been I mean, installs. It's been installs for you, the most. You install enough, you're going to run into some technical issues that you have to handle. Uh, absolutely. So you, you gradually migrate into that. Not a lot of installers become technicians. Right. But yeah. there's there's two sides to that because when you work for some companies, sometimes they just want you to stay in installs. If you're an installer yeah. and you're a really good installer, they're going to want to keep you there. Oh, they do not want you possible. to be a tech. They do not. They don't. They do not. But, you know. And they don't, they don't like um, promoting into management positions either. Right. Most Only companies do certain, not like yeah. to. Some circumstances, it just depends on the integrity of the company, I guess. It really comes down to that because the money is very enticing. Right. And too many companies are short-sighted and they just want that immediate money and not necessarily push you to get trained or expand into management or invest any kind of money into quality control. Everything's on an emergency basis. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I've seen enough companies where they don't really take a high priority on the installers' techs or, you know, their future of their company, really. They don't take enough initiative on the future of their own company to yeah. to do that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, we could take Caldeco for perfect example. I've been with this company well, five uh, years. I'm, I might edit that out because I don't want to use any company names oh, necessarily. Okay. Well, then... I don't want the to current people. AC company that I'm at. I probably will not edit out ARS though. Okay. Because I love picking on those guys. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not, I, Caldico 
or the current AC that I'm at, um, <laughs> they're hourly. Yeah. And for techs and for installers, I want to say for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I know that service techs get commission and then the salesmen are, but they're like hourly plus commission. Yeah. They're hourly plus commission. So the service techs are hourly plus commission. And then the salesmen are strictly commission. Yeah. And then that's standard. The maintenance guys are hourly and then the installers, they have a whole hourly, they have a whole different division for maintenance. Yes, absolutely. So they got their breakdown guys, their maintenance guys, and their install guys. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, not a lot of companies run it like that. So that's well, interesting. Well, I'm assuming, I'm assuming the owner figured out that the maintenance is a pretty big chunk of money. Yeah. Because he's been investing more into filters and UV lights, and it's been mainly like the filters. He's like got everything nice and organized now. Whereas before, when I got there, he didn't really care. But he must have saw. Probably the commercial side, which is the maintenance side, must be, you know, great because you have to do maintenance. You have to. Yeah. So, well, that's at, how the, they do at it. the maintenances, you have to have good sales guys too doing Absolutely. the maintenances because you're not really making the money on the maintenance. You work. You're making the money on the upsells. Right. Yeah. And as far as like what, especially you were, like what do they charge for a maintenance over there? I want to say it's like eighty nine bucks, maybe. You know, I don't know because I don't talk to the yeah. maintenance side, you know. Well, a lot of these companies will reduce their price. Um, I don't know how this works for, for my audience, but you have to know that the lower the price to go out and do a maintenance, the more they're pressured to upsell. So I like to charge a good amount for my maintenance and give whatever I possibly can with that maintenance. That way, you know, there's no surprises or whatever. I mean... I charge more than most companies, but I'm also giving more. You, yeah, absolutely. If there's one thing that I've learned from the three or four, and let's not even mention the little guys that I went in between, you know, to kind of help out. Um, nobody does the maintenance like you. I've seen your maintenance and like nobody does that. You know, they'll change a cap, you know, at best hose it down and, and walk away. Yeah, you know, but you you you're very thorough with your maintenance, and that's worth it, regardless. So yeah. I've always been meaning, you know, I was always impressed by that. So well, I always figured maintenance implied you're doing something, right. not just checking things. Otherwise, you call it a checkup, not a maintenance. And a maintenance, right. you're doing stuff to the unit to actually make it perform better, look better, Absolutely. give more life, something like that. Yeah, and and, and then and then on top of it, you're since you're charging a decent amount, the amount of steps that you're going through, it justifies the yeah. price because you, you're not just, you're just not a, uh, a gas and go or whatever it is that they, right. they want. You know, you're, you're right. giving, it's, it's, it's important. It's great. Yeah. So, um, let's get back to the pay thing, but, uh, that's why it's important to pay a guy good for going out on a maintenance whether it's you know the hourly wage or whether it's a piece rate like i like the piece rate so i pay them one unit for basically just showing up and doing the whole maintenance thing and uh then any kind of upsell so that would be the commission base so either hourly commission base or piece rate commission on top of commission now um have you heard anything about through these different companies how they would pay guys for upselling a new system like i know you're on the install side so it's a little tough yeah but 
you know, a lot of companies will lay out a commission for unit sales. Like if you're on a job and it has a second unit, I've seen installers sell another unit. I've actually yeah. had installers go out to put in a new system and sell the second one while they're there installing the first. Uh, I want to say it just depends on the company. I unfortunately haven't ran into a company where, you know, oh, you're an installer. We'll just see if you can upsell. It's just more like you're an installer. You need to show up on X day, be here tomorrow, install it. You know, there's not really much you can. Have you been in the position of calling out a sales rep? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could have easily, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people where I could, I could easily sell something. But some companies, some companies require the this, sales rep to come out. Like the technician right. can't even sell the system. Yeah, because we don't know, we don't know the numbers. Probably, this is the whole purpose of the sales rep is they have the right numbers. This is a convoluted system. Yes, this is not a good way. You should. You know, inform you everybody about what's going on from the top to the bottom. That way, you know how everything communicates and how it pertains to you. I remember as a technician, I'm going to go back to auto mechanics for a second. Uh, I was an oil change guy, and I thought my job was to do oil changes. It literally took me an entire year before somebody was like, hey, you're not like upselling anything. And I looked at them and I said, upselling? Like, what's that? Oh, well, there's this whole commission thing. You Wait, what? I can get, like, commissions on top of my oil changes? <laughs> like, you should really let your guys know what additional things they have to make more money to, to expand the company. But it's a very convoluted system and short-sighted of these managers and company owners not to, you know, at least filter down some information. Like, hey, guys... If you refer the salesman and he comes out and sells a unit, we'll give you like $50, which is like low, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, some some companies like the tech will say, hey, the system needs to be replaced. They won't even let the tech talk to the customer. I've seen it where the customer's like, I don't know, the guy left and said he'll have somebody call me and nobody's called me from that company. So I'm calling you out to give me an estimate because obviously... There's something going on here. There's no integrity. <laughs> That's just crazy to me. Like, let the guy sell it. Like, the customer's laying there, like, I'm ready for my new system. Please give it to me. And they can't even get out there even to meet and look at the job, let alone give the estimate and go through the appropriate sales cycle. Yeah. You know, hopefully, you know, it just depends. It just depends. Yeah. There's no integrity right, so, for sure. So we have hourly, we right. have flat rate, we have commission based, and then we have unit sale spiffs. Now you haven't seen a lot of that. Now I have seen anywhere between, you know, the salesman gives like fifty to a hundred dollar spiff to the sales tech or the tech for referring the lead. I have seen um, commissions anywhere from three to 10% on a sliding scale, depending. So if the tech sells the unit and he, you know, here's the base for the unit price. And if he decreases that amount, then his percentage also decreases. So I've seen that. And I've also seen like no commissions for unit sales, <laughs> which is crazy to me, but I have seen that in the air conditioning field. 
believe it or not. Okay, so there's actually a stat out there that says the one thing that Americans are concerned most about is their air conditioning breaking. I don't know how true this thing is. I know it's true in Florida. Florida people are more scared of their air conditioning breaking than they are of alligators. Absolutely. Which is valid. You rarely see an alligator here, but you do see them from time to time. I'm scared of alligators, so horrible <laughs> nightmares, man. <laughs> well, but you know how to work on your air conditioner, so yeah, you did. Yeah, so. You just completely extracted that fear yeah. out of the oh, equation. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Which is coincidentally why I got into air conditioning because I thought, what do I not want to pay somebody for fixing my air conditioning? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into air conditioning. Right. That's so, literally why I picked air conditioning. Yeah, the reason why I came is because right before I met you, I was doing um, car detailing. Yeah, and it I was remember. fun. I, I like doing it. it was you had great. the van. You had the whole setup. I, I mean, everything. it was legitimate. That wasn't oh, yeah. just like a fly by night operation. That was like no. you put thought into it. You had all the equipment. You had a van. You had like a big, like water tank in that van. Yeah. Like it was generator. Everything. Yeah, everything to be self self sustained. Yeah, and uh, I like I like you know I liked it. I like. Working on cars, obviously cleaning cars would be nice. A lot of people are, it's like a maintenance, you know. Just, yeah. A lot of people don't want to do it, so you can do it. Yeah. But um, I uh, right before that, you know, I was like, okay. I got kind of got tired of the cancellation. You know, I got canceled here and there, you know. And, and I would, was like, well, what is something that nobody's going to cancel me on? Yeah. And it was like air conditioning. Like, you yeah. just can't live without it here in Florida. Yeah. You can't live without it. It's yeah. impossible. So, impossible. So this is where it's interesting because people can't live without it, yet you find yourself in the position, at least I do, of having to talk people into doing certain things. Like they're petrified it's going to break. But when you, you come to them and you say, hey, you need a new air conditioner. Like this thing is not going to survive the summer. I find it very hard to tell people that. Okay. bit of information but every once in a while i have to tell them i really doubt this thing's going to last the summer there's not really much i can do about it you have to have some sales experience under your belt in order to make that sale sometimes it's ironic right like it's, ironic. it's so vital yet you still have to sell people on this so that that's was going to be my next point is in this field you in order to make any good money you really have to be good at sales. You have to be confident in your recommendations. I think that's point number one. You have to be so confident that you are sure yourself. When you are sure about what's going on and what this customer needs, it is so much easier to sell that product. If Absolutely. you are not confident in that, it is not easy to sell that product. So be confident. Don't be selling stuff that you're not sold on. Exactly. Okay? You have to be confident. Yeah. That's like sure. that's like sales tip number one in my book is sell yourself before you sell the customer. Yeah. Um, but it really requires that you educate yourself. Read and listen to sales materials from different... There's no shortage of people who consider themselves sales gurus. I mean, that, there's just no shortage of them. So pick some good ones, some that really resonate with you, and... Use this stuff. Drill it with your spouse or, or a brother, sister, best friend. Like, drill the information. Like, 
have somebody act like a customer and you're selling them a new unit or a repair or whatever it is. But that is very vital is that you learn how to be a good salesman. Even if you're hourly, you're going to be have some sort of commission, I'd hope. Um, most people aren't truly satisfied in just a strictly hourly position. They'd like to make more money. And you can make a lot of money in this field and benefit people. It's not just about you making money. It's about providing a really good service and you're helping your customers and the community by providing a good service and making sure that they have what they need. Because it's not good if you leave that call and the thing breaks a month later. And if you didn't push them enough to do the right thing, they're going to be in a bad situation. So don't ever feel bad about selling something to somebody, especially if they need it. You know, the, the key thing about, about this business in general is, is your confidence, man. If you don't have the confidence... You know, you're not going to get far. You have to have the confidence. You know, that that's probably why I was a helper for as long as I was. Because I just, I wanted to understand the data before I could just jump into and be confident to the point where now, you know, there's nothing I'm really, you know, afraid of doing. It's like, I know I could sell. You know, AC will sell itself. I mean, you know, we're, we're in Florida. It sells itself. You just have to give them you know, the right, the right info, the right, the right data to, you know, make sure that it's going to be a hundred percent what it, what they need. Yeah. And confidence. It's just confidence, man. Yeah. It'll sell. It's not, it won't be hard, but just be confident that, you know, this is what it is. This is how it's going to be. And, you know, that gives them the assurance because, you know, they don't know, you know, they're coming to you for advice. So as long as you're confident, You'll hook them. You'll hook the sale. You'll you'll do it. It'll be easy. Yeah. So I have a question for you. We've gone through, what is this, like maybe half an hour or something? I don't know. Have you changed your perspective at all on hourly versus like piece rate or commission-based? You know, um, I'm right now I'm conflicted with, uh, let's see, I like hourly, you know, you just got to make sure that you're making good hourly for what you know. You know? Yeah. Um, piece rate, I feel like it could be good, but I'm trying to conflict between, you know, to me, when I think of piece rate, I think of, all right, I'm telling this person, finish this install around an X amount of time, and then you'll make this much. Well, one thing that I don't want is I don't want them to slam through it, you know? Yeah. Because when you tell somebody that, they're going to be, they're going to think, oh, I'll just slam it in and leave. And, and the more I can do, the more the more I can get. You yeah. know, that's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing. But, you know, I guess if you're confident, then yeah, great. But if it's somebody that you're training, you know, I feel like it kind of, maybe the quality might be different. This would be a quality control. And that's the biggest thing that, the biggest argument about piece rate or flat rate or however you want to call it is it leads to ripping people off. It leads to bad work. My argument is it doesn't have to do with the type of pay. It has to do with the person. Because that same person who would just slam it in and not care about the quality, guess what? On the other side of it, they would just milk the clock. Right. 
right? right? So it's it's one or the other. Like this guy who's giving a poor quality product and just slamming it in, he's that's not going to stop based on how he gets paid. And so that's my argument on that. It has to do with the individual. You have to be a high quality individual first before you can even do this job because nobody's sitting there babysitting you unless you're a helper. Nobody right. really knows what you're doing out there. Right. Like the customer doesn't know. Otherwise, they wouldn't be calling you out. There's no managers coming back and quality checking these products. Like right. there's very few companies out there who actually go and look at what's going on and like, oh man, this guy doesn't know how to install a fan motor. Oh, those capacitors aren't anchored in there. That's going to short out or whatever. Like they only know that every once in a while this guy gets a call back. They send the same guy back out and he fixes it. But there's nobody out there saying, you know, hey dude, go back and train on this thing yeah, and do it. Yeah. So you have to be a high quality individual to even do this job successfully anyway. Otherwise you're just going to get upset at the place that you're working at and leave, go to the next place. Guess what? You're doing the same thing all over again. Yeah. Believe me, you don't want callbacks. A customer doesn't want to see callbacks at all. You know, they don't want to see you come back here and and, and not diagnose it. You were just out here. Yeah, yeah. They get you know they get old. <laughs> they get tired of it. So yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But those are the, those, those are the two conflicting things. You know, yeah. it, it just depends. It just depends on how you want to go about it. So the last thing I'm going to say here is if you're if you're looking to get into this field get a little adventurous with the places that you work. Like Peter did, you know, he's not as young as some people who I hope are getting into this field, but he did jump around a little bit and saw like the different types of companies, the different types of pay. And I as being in it as long as I have been I would urge people to push themselves out of the comfort zone. If you if your overhead isn't super high, you don't have like a big family yet, go work the commission based. See if it works for you. Go work the the hourly and just don't be shy to try it out and see how it works. But jump with both feet in and yeah. and uh, get a feel for it. Yeah, get a feel for it. Get your feet wet. It's all good. <laughs> Um, again, this has to do with our area. We're in Florida. This is not like a high unionized area. There's a lot of metropolitan areas that work a little bit different, you know, longer travel times, like in California, New York, stuff like that. Maybe you got to pay a guy hourly, a lot of commercial stuff. We do primarily residential, very little commercial here in kind of a metropolitan, uh, Florida area but it's not like super densely populated so just so everybody knows that's where we're coming from we're not coming from the highly unionized area densely urban okay yes. anyway that's it that's the end of the podcast peter you did was, great was that the whole that whole page you just <laughs> man that looked like a lot more on writing <laughs> well, I, I winged it you winged it there you go i liked it man i enjoyed it <laughs>